0: heard one person talk about this and that was jen (laughs) atkins
1: about what listening to the oh the podcast yeah yeah these are it's gonna they'll start gaining a little bit more um because i did uh pd you had the chief oh uh uh-huh so that one gained some pretty good traction on it Uh, same as always, I'll do a little bit of intro, we'll
0: pause okay. for a few
1: seconds, and I'll introduce you. I'll Just gonna... point at me when you're ready. Okay. Check, check. All right. Can you hear me? You I good? can hear you. Okay, good. All right, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Delano Podcast News. This is What's Up Delano number three. We're here with Mr. Gary Gerard, so stay tuned. All right, and go ahead. Well, Andrew, I'll have to admit, I did not do my
0: homework about the elections, but I always wonder about elections when people come up the day after the election or that evening and give their uh, opinions, yet there are so many absentee ballots out that uh, some of these races are not uh, complete yet. The Delano High School one was the easiest one because there were three candidates for the election and there was no opposition, so I, I guess it wasn't even on the ballot, which
1: I thought was a requirement, but apparently not. No, they. Uh, I believe they opted to not do it because there was nobody that was nobody was running against anybody. So uh, they saved themselves a little bit of money, is what uh, I heard. Well, so that, I mean, that, saved the district. That makes some sense
0: money. unless somebody's going to get fourteen hundred uh, write-in votes. I guess that's not going to happen ever.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: well, go ahead. On the city race, uh, I was very surprised to see that Brian Osorio, a newcomer and p- probably the youngest of gentleman ever to be elected to the city council uh, had the most votes of any candidate i first met uh, brian back in may and he came to my home with some friends and asked what would you do to uh, be a successful candidate and my opinion was that uh, personal contact is all obviously the best way to go but it's difficult to get around and see so many people or to do a lot of campaigning Uh, in areas where there's lots of people. So I know he was active at graduations and the local festivals, and apparently he did do quite a bit of uh, door-to-door campaigning. He's a graduate of Cesar Chavez High School and also of University of California, Berkeley. And I believe at age 22, he's probably the youngest Delano City Councilman ever. Uh, Maybe closest to him before was Ricardo Chavez, who is now Delano City Clerk. Well, that's uh, it for politics. One of the other happenings in Delano I've been trying to track down for a few weeks was whether the annual Thanksgiving dinner in the community is going to take place, and uh, I heard nothing about it, and I'm not sure. There's several reasons it could be uh, either difficult to organize all the donors or difficult to find a place for the event since the uh, city armory is not uh, currently available. And we don't know for sure. It may never be. But I think the city of Delano Police Department, and you probably had that with your interview with the chief, they've stepped in and helped fill much of the void with the announcement that they're going to have their first, and they call it annual Turkey Roundup. So they're asking for donations from people, organizations, and businesses to donate a frozen turkey to help put turkey on every table this Thanksgiving. Very worthy cause for the police department. Now, the donations uh, are to be taken up to November 8th at the... Check that uh, November 18th at the Delano Police Department or at the North Kern Christian Center Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And the Christian Center is at 1201 Madison Street. And according to the flyer that I looked at at the Chamber of Commerce Office, the police department and the North Kern Christian Center are joining in this project with the Delano Joint Union High School District and the Delano Union School District. So you may know more about this than I do.
1: Uh, as far as – I know just about as much as you. The Delano Police Department, um, they are working with other groups, and, or a couple of groups, and they, they that's their plan is to put a turkey on every table. And um, if you do have uh, the means to provide a turkey or two or as many as you can – Um, they are accepting them right now at the Delano police department. And again, they did their, uh, Hispanic, um, residence academy, which took place. The first one was on Thursday. And, uh, that's what we talked about on the previous episode with them with Delano police. And, uh, afterwards I talked with a couple of the officers and they said there was pretty good amount of people and they had a really good reception on it and they hope it continues to grow and maybe they could start providing a little bit more as that comes or maybe some more programs. I mean, definitely they're going to be looking forward to that.
0: Well, another flyer I noticed at the chamber was the Coats for Kids drive, also. Uh- being conducted by the police department. And I ran across an old uh, gift card I had from Kmart. So I went out there and took advantage of the many uh, sales that they have and bought a couple of coats uh, and had a couple of cheerleaders take them into the police department office. So Officer Lloyd Galatera is in charge of that. So anybody that wants to join that drive, uh, the collection of coats will continue until December 1st. The donation drop-off point is the police department between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And uh, I'm sure the community would uh, be very interested in supporting that drive as well. And while I was at Kmart, I asked, is there going to be a shop with the cops at Kmart since they're going to go out of business soon? And I was told, yes, they will. I ran across Mario Nunez, the officer who has that, uh, but it was on a Halloween night as I drove by his home and I yelled out to him to give me a call so I could get some information, but I think he was quite busy that night and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. And you're on the chamber board, so you know that the applications for the Delano uh, Chamber of Commerce Christmas Parade, uh, which is scheduled for Tuesday, December 4th, those application forms may be picked up at the chamber office. And the theme is Christmas Around the World. It will begin at 6 o'clock, and the check-in and lineup starts at 3.30 p.m. And Delilah Mascarinas of the chamber is the parade director. The check-in table will be at 7th and Main Street in the uh, San Joaquin paint and glass lot. Uh, also, I heard at the chamber, but I have received no other information that the, uh, there was going to be a big band competition, and you probably know more about this than I do, and it's scheduled to take place November 17th at the Robert F. Kennedy Stadium, and that event should be, bring a lot of people to the lino and uh, give a lot of business to the community. Another community event, the Harvest Holidays Association met uh, on Thursday, had only about uh, six members present, but uh, they agreed that next year's event should take place October 7th through the 9th, and they gave a lot of praise out to many of the directors and also to the uh, high school and elementary school districts for their great support of the event. And uh, though... Only about half were present. Most of them agreed that uh, keep the same locations, and uh, they believe that the same people who are chairpersons in charge of events are willing to do that once again. And uh, this will be a great for them because they'll have a second year going in. They've got a lot of experience behind them. They know what needs to be done. And uh, the chairperson, Alice Duarte, uh, would like to have uh, much of the organization planned when they come back to a meeting in early January. So the community is invited to that event to give input if they wish. And I believe that event is, uh, I'm not sure, I think it is going to be January the 10th at 530 at the Chamber of Commerce office.
1: Uh, that I'd, uh, I'd have to check on that. We have a uh, board meeting or a board of directors meeting coming up this Tuesday. So we'll have a little bit more information on that, uh, whether, how the, all that's going to come to play for next year.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting on Monday. Uh, that's the day that the celebration will take place for the uh, Veterans Day, although I guess it's Sunday as the official day, but it goes over to a holiday on Monday. And I hear that family and friends of 100-year-old World War II veteran Martin Madrano will uh, meet at the Delano Elks Lodge, and they will be uh, honoring uh, Madrano on his birthday. Uh, he was born November 12th, 1918. He enlisted the Army at age 22, and he served with an inf- infantry division stationed in the Philippines. So uh, tying in his birthday with Veterans Day and uh, is going to be quite an event for him, I'm sure, at the Elks. And I was told at the Elks Lodge, they remind that anybody is welcome to uh, go to their hosted Monday night football gatherings at the club bar, and they always have a dinner available to the public. And also, they're going to be moving there because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Their bingo that normally would take place on Thanksgiving will now be scheduled for November 29th. And uh, that bingo is open to anybody at the Delano Elks Lodge. And a fundraiser that will uh, join the Elks Lodge with Cesar E. Chavez Varsity Boys baseball team is planned Saturday, December 1st from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Elks parking lot. Uh, the $10 fundraiser meal will include tri-tip sandwich, salad, and uh, chili beans. And another event from the Elks Lodge, uh, Tonki uh is the chairperson for the annual Elks Hoop Shoot, and that is scheduled Saturday, December 8th at Delano High School. And the sign-ups for boys and girls will take place at the respective schools. And... Uh, I just happened to get one last word that the trunk or treat program at Caesar E. Chavez Park drew about 2,000 youngsters and adults. So that's one of the community's uh, biggest events of this fall season. Uh, Last night, you said you were unable to get up to the Robert F. Kennedy football game. And that one was sort of interesting because it matched uh, two schools, Kennedy and Arvin, that already played in a league game. And Kennedy won that game quite handily. But this time around, uh, Kennedy had some fumbles and two um, pass interceptions given up in the first half. And at halftime, Kennedy trailed uh, by a score of 13 to 10. But uh, then uh, Kennedy came back and dominated the second half and came away with a 44 to 20 victory over the Arvin Bears. And uh, that's the only school remaining in the football playoffs is uh, Robert F. Kennedy. And basketball season is just around the corner. The Delano boys uh, basketball team will have scrimmages at North on November 17th. And their first home game will be with South Bakersfield on Monday, November 26th. Girls basketball teams, they have a scrimmage schedule for November 13th with Kennedy, Farmersville, and Strathmore at Delano High. And on Saturday, November 17th, there are Bakersfield scrimmages scheduled in which Delano will take part. And for boys' soccer, Delano boys are at East for a scrimmage November 13th, and the girls are host on November 13th to East Bakersfield and Bakersfield Christian High School. So that's a report on sports, basically. And when the... uh, all league teams for football and volleyball uh, become available. I'll try to pass those along as well. Thank
1: you, Andrew. All right. Thank you. Uh, and one more event uh, we do have. We just, sorry about that. One more event we do have is uh, the uh, DRMC is going to be ha- having their diabetes walk. Diabetes walk this uh, Thursday. Uh, we're gonna plan to have a little bit more information about that we should have someone coming from Delano Regional Medical Center to speak on a podcast just before the event uh, but just mark your calendars for Thursday um, this coming Thursday and uh, we'll get you more information on that uh, from city council we I did attend the city council meeting this this last Monday right before elections we only had three members uh, member uh, uh, council member Reuben Hill was not um, present at the meeting. Um, so we only had three members uh, some new information that we did get was, uh, there is a new 172 housing, uh, project that is, uh, planned to take place right there on Albany and, um, uh, right where the other, uh, housing is right behind the Maya theater. Uh, they did plan a 2.7 acre park. That's going to be part of that, um, within that community. Um, Heard some comments from the developer. There was, or the spokesperson for the developer, and they did say that uh, they plan having up to about 10,000 square foot lots. I don't know how that's gonna stay, as that'd be pretty nice to have some pretty good sized homes right there behind uh, the Maya Theater. So, I mean, 172 homes that's uh that's pretty good to add on to what we do because I know we haven't had any new housing since the ones right there before, but they're. All pretty small, about no bigger than I be, believe them. Don't quote me. I think they're about fifteen to sixteen hundred square feet. So if we get bigger houses, draw more people in, it's going to be really great, especially to add on to the marketplace area.
0: Well, it'll be interesting because uh, I believe everybody thinks that that's in the Robert F. Kennedy District, but if I'm correct, uh, these high school students who live there are actually in the Caesar Chavez High School District, not in the Kennedy District, which is closer.
1: Yeah, that's actually I believe it's uh, Garces Highway that bar- that borders that. So if they're on the on the south of, of Garces Highway, they go to Caesar E Chavez. So they'll be adding more students to CCHS. Uh, will be interesting to see if the high school redesigns that boundary or redoes their boundary markings because uh, they might have to balance out the students that are going to be going there. Uh, the elementary district board meeting uh, was really good. We did have two members absent uh, we had frank herrera and ramon cardenas that did not show so that i believe that marks the fourth uh uh council meeting that uh count um uh, uh, school sorry. board meeting school okay. board meeting that's the fourth meeting that uh member <laughs> cardenas has been absent from so i i mean it'd be interesting to see how everything plans out in with the absentee votes right now he currently trails um uh, incumbent Robin by about 10 votes. So, I mean, we'll look to see in the next coming weeks. They said about two, maybe three weeks, we'll probably see those results finalized. So, just looking forward to that to see what the uh, future of the district is going to be. I believe the the office of uh, the city
0: council offices and the school board offices, most of those people who take office uh, do the swearing in at their first meetings in the month of December. So uh, by that time, something will transpire that they should know for sure who's elected. But uh, it's funny that we're so interested on election nights what's going to happen, but not everything is decided on election night and not even the next day. It's weeks away before you really know the final
1: tally. Yeah, a lot of the measures we those were defeated by a good amount, so they're pretty far away on everything. We know that Measure J and K, which were the cannabis ones, those both got defeated. So I mean, as far as Kern County, those got defeated. Um, we the housing one, I believe, got defeated as well. Uh, was it uh, Prop Ten? Believe so. Yes, uh, and it was
0: interesting. Some of those state propositions. I know the one that had to do with the children's hospital. If you mentioned children or uh some other thing i think the public went for those programs because uh it would sound like you're a bad person if you voted against children or if you voted against uh, uh mental health care so uh, those measures all passed and then of course there was the gas tax that uh people were complaining that it was phrased in an incorrect way by the state but uh, that won't
1: come up again maybe for another four years yeah and then uh believe uh the water the one for water storage which was kind of an iffy proposition because some people said yeah we need the water storage but some say it wasn't written out right or there it could have been written out a little bit better so but that one did not pass so uh, california actually voted to not uh do the water storage and interesting uh, when we looked at the percentages uh for after election night, uh, only 38% of the state of California um, voted is what I believe we saw in this. So around the same thing for Kern County, we only saw about 38% of the voters turn out to vote. So, I mean, that's a little disappointing um, because I mean, we have this right or we have this privilege to vote and to put all these uh, candidates and measures and everything to better our communities. And, when we only have 30% less than half i mean that's not really that's that's horrible to, to really see just that.
0: slightly over a third now the water storage what i heard uh, on a talk show uh, recently was the fact that even though water storage was mentioned as uh, being provided by that it it didn't say how much of the bond was going to go toward water storage and it was the feeling of the person on the talk show that a very little of it actually would end up in water storage and much of it would go for other things that were more uh toward the environmentalist
1: uh viewpoint yeah, well I mean all we could do is see how everything plans out uh, towards the end of this month so we'll wait till those final absentee final the final count of everything and then uh we'll just see what happens in the month of December We'll see what uh county has to say and uh wish a lot of luck to uh Robert Kennedy they're going to be facing um uh, Carruthers, Those are Carruthers yeah. yeah, Carruthers. That's going to be a rematch from last year, which they got defeated. So it'll be interesting to see how everything pounds out for him. Uh, hopefully we have um, uh, Coach Meon back on here right before that uh, so we can get some insight on him. Well, oh, it's interesting.
0: Uh, the teams of the past won section championships. Uh, this team is going to have a very difficult time. If they get by Carruthers, they've got to play Shafter again. And Shafter is the number one seed in a team that handed uh, uh, Kennedy a f- sort of a decisive uh, loss in their league meeting. But you have to remember this year's record for Kennedy is 10 wins and one loss. And that's the best season they've ever had. It's the best finish they've ever had in the South Sequoia League. And one of the reasons they were so successful in the past is that they played in a lower division in the section and also in the state playoffs. So this year's team has a little more of a challenge because it's in a higher division in the playoffs, and yet it uh, has the best record in school history, 10 wins, 1
1: loss. That's pretty good. Yeah, I have to say that's really good, I mean, especially for them moving up a division. So Um, until next week or until the next episode that we have uh – Uh, That's all the news that we have for this week. Uh, We'll keep everything in in mind. Uh, We do have another council meeting coming on the following week, as well as the high school um, board meeting is coming up this Tuesday, right? Yes. uh, Yeah, this Tuesday. This Tuesday is the high school board meeting. So we'll try to get some information and see how all of that's going with them. Um, And until then, this is this episode of uh, Delano Podcast News, and we'll see you guys later.